I hear Harlem Shake. Ant's phone must be ringing. Oh, you're just so wrong, cuz. <laughs> no, I hear that. <laughs> the funny thing is, in the podcast, people will hear that, and they'll be like, no way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, no, do you no. hear please that? Please don't do me like Please don't do me like Do you that, hear man. that? It, that must be Ant's phone again. He's going to hate this. Please. February 27, 2013. This is episode number 44 of Yet, Yet Another Tech Show. Every week, Wednesday night, yetanothertechshow.com. That's our site. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we have quite a few people. We got Aunt Pruitt. What's up, man? What's going on, Jets? We got Larry Press. What's up, Larry? I'm just hanging in there, you guys. Good to see you. Mike Rothman, the blue-tipped Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, good to see you all. And joining us from areyouanandroid.com, we got Anthony Farrier. Farrier? What's up, Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, nice to be here. Hey, good to have you. What is, tell us, tell us real quick what the uh, device you're streaming Hangouts on right now is, because that's not a... Right now, right now with the uh, Blue Quattro 4.5. Hmm. Nice little phone by... Non-Chinese company? Who makes that? Uh, this is uh, based out of Miami. Word. Miami. So, uh, yeah. Um, they have Russian counterparts. So, yeah. <laughs> well, pick your Russian poison. counterparts? Pick your poison. Yeah, Chinese yeah. backdoors, Russian backdoors, it's all the same. Yeah. It all goes to the same it's botnet. Not the Chinese Russian backdoors, the Russian backdoors, yeah. So, Damn, so man. Anthony, you're, stream, you're streaming to us t- right now over a cell phone? Correct. And how, what's your what's your connection to uh, the net? Uh, you don't want to know. It's, it, uh, you're on it's Wi-Fi. Wi- you're on Wi-Fi or 3G. It's Wi-Fi via Clear 4G. Oh, so wi- oh. Wi-Fi to L. Oh, that's all right. Clear 4G, cool. okay. Looks okay. Yeah, it, it's okay. But I have a lot of devices, so sometimes my kids are watching movies on both theirs, and my wife's trying to watch a movie on Amazon. It's a little choppy. No, oh, I tell her, hey, it's time we're doing Hangouts. You turn that crap off. This is this is internet time for me. Yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. See how that goes. All right, well, speak, <laughs> speaking of phones and stuff, Mike, you posted something interesting about an app uh, quite a couple of us use. I've used the Waze uh, crowdsource nav app quite a bit. Actually, it was my daily uh, map app before Ingress came out, and then... You know, once Ingress is on your phone, that's pretty much all that runs on it. So, um, In- Ingress just takes over. Yeah, pretty much, and in, in more ways than one. That app is a freaking hog. Have you like ever tried to go to a notification or anything while you're in Ingress? Everything just lags. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I just say, yeah. hey, don't talk to me right now. I'm being an agent. Right, right. So what? Well, what fingertips are burning. What's this article in the Bits blogs on the Times? Uh, I was just kind of jazzed to see that uh, Waze is continuing to improve. It's kind of a cool concept. It's crowdsourced uh, real-time information for your driving route. Did Apple buy them yet? No, they have not. And I personally hope that Waze continues to be independent. It's, (laughs) It's really a cool app, and what they've added most recently is real-time notification of street closures. So imagine you're on your commute, uh, but uh, the local utility company has shut down your street. Uh, as those shutdowns begin to be reported by uh, by commuters... Wazers. Waze, We're called Wazers. Wazers. <laughs> as Wazers report... As what's wazers, that, Elmer Fudd? Wazers. Yeah, exactly. I've shot you with my Wazers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your map is going to indicate that you know that that segment of the street is closed to uh, traffic, and so this is really an advance. It's still, uh, you know, in 
the early stages of rollout and kind of proof of concept, but it's really indicative, I think, of the kind of information we're going to have in the future. Well, that, And the app itself has, has come a long way. If you remember early on in Android, there was apps that started giving you interactivity over your map stuff, like uh, Trapster was one of the early ones where you could report speed traps and police, and then uh, ways where you can report roadblocks or obstacles or weather or I mean you can really anything cops and speed traps cameras all that uh, they recently added some ad stuff so like every time I drive by the Taco Bell it's like hey go get some tacos dude <laughs> I'm like no ways stop it I'm not getting tacos right now and there's a cop up ahead <laughs> Does it give you guys any traffic jam info? Yeah, it always oh, yeah. always is constantly monitoring. And it not only gets the information from other people, but it also takes the averages of everything. And if it knows that a certain stretch of road is like a 55 and there's a bunch of cars doing 20, even if nobody's reported anything, it'll pop up a thing that's like, yo, this road has traffic on it and moderate, high, blow, whatever. And you can plan accordingly. And in the navigation, it'll auto-reroute, and it'll learn your routes. It, it does a lot of cool stuff. I wrote a review it, about it a long, long time ago. I don't even know where that would be, but yeah, the it, it's Waze a cool app. developers are also starting to form links with departments of transportation around the country. Well, and that's going to be huge because these departments have had this idea for yeah. a long, long time, but their infrastructure has been, you know, kept to these crappy signs that people keep hacking to say zombies up ahead and, and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, but if they can partner with, instead of putting signs out there that distracted drivers are going to run into, you would just pipe that notification to the phone that the person's probably already looking at while they're driving and they're, they're more safe. Yeah, it it it's very cool, and it's uh it's the you know it's so indicative of the kind of ways we're going to benefit from this sort of technology in the future. Matt, have you used the the ways also allows you to chat with nearby travelers? Yeah, uh, where you I have not. That's gotten a little better. Before it was like an either an on or an off thing, and now you can actually write messages to them and. People are, like, really weird about it. Like, I'm always like, hey, what's up, Wazer? And, like, nobody ever really answers you. And if they do, they're like, <laughs> they immediately turn it to off. And then, I don't know. So people uh, don't, it's like, don't, don't bug me. Not, do, do you not want to sit and leave that be while you're driving, though? Yeah, yeah. It's more something if you're, like, stopped in traffic and you're here and there's a, a female Wazer over there, you can, like, send her. A, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, really that's stupid. where you went wrong. But it's yeah. also cool that you can like you just drive around stalking somebody. Yeah, right. People on their morning commute on the ways map. Be stalked. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I, like in LA, at least we have these. You know, the the uh, city does the real time traffic reports. Uh, Mike, like you probably got that in the Bay Area too. Is the yeah. is the ground source stuff more accurate? Yeah, it's oh, more uh, real time, yeah. right? Unless they it's have more a real chopper. Time. It's, flying Larry, over it's the not city. even close. You. You know, the, my typical experience with the traffic forecasts is they're telling us about something that happened 45 minutes ago, an hour ago, a couple hours ago. And this tells me that there's a cop in the street three blocks up ahead or that on this certain stretch of road where I'm going to be in a few minutes, uh, traffic is moving at 10 miles an hour. You know, yeah. it's, well, and it's, to keep it more real time, it allows you to thumbs up or say, no, that's not there now. So if there was a cop there, but in 20 minutes the cop's gone and someone goes by it and it puts up the message that, yo, there's a cop here and you say, no, there's not, then it's going to you know, take that into consideration and remove it eventually. So it, yeah. it, it maintains more of a real time aspect to it. But I, I was also thinking, imagine if you can pipe this sort of technology into the automated driving cars, the self-driving cars, pretty soon you have the vehicles not only knowing where they're going, but knowing how to reroute around this, getting real-time information, and probably processing it a lot better than me and you staring at our phone while we're driving are. Yeah, actually, that's that rerouting is happening now at least to some extent ways will route you around uh traffic slowdowns if it if it can find a way right and here if you guys are your destination 
It knows yeah. your destination and, and where you are. And, uh, yeah, this assumes you're telling it where it is you are going. Yeah. And if, if you guys are watching the video here, this is what the live map, if you have an account, you can go to Waze.com and check out the live map. And uh, let's say if you want to look at like where I'm at, 59901, it'll like show you all of the stuff that you would see on your, no matches found, on your <laughs> phone. But you can actually like watch. I don't know. It's it's kind of cool, and it'll show you like all the reports that are made and and everything. And on the left hand side, it'll tell you about the the different traffic happening and stuff. But it's cool because yeah, you can even though it's rural, there's enough people doing it. That... Yeah, there's there's a few people using it around here. I mean, we have LTE 4G up here, so there's enough Android iOS users. And out of those, how many are using it? Matt, search uh, 94129. I don't think it lets you do it by zip. Ah. Give me a city. San Francisco. (laughs) How do you spell that? You guys are watching me type. I can't do that. S-I-C-O? All right. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that weird? It's the internet watching you type, man. That's very, very awkward. You know it's actually two words. Yeah, whatever, it found it. It knew what I meant. But here, there's an accident over here, reported 13 minutes ago. There's some traffic over here, reported two minutes ago. It's yeah. pretty cool. And you got you got red streets, which are, are Heavy. slow, slow, and you've got right. orange, which are caution. And that's that and... stuff I was talking about, where if they know a road has a certain speed limit on it and more cars are reporting, because Waze, like, if you have it running, it's always reporting back to Waze, whether or not you're actually you know actively reporting a traffic jam or something so it's it's constantly getting data it knows your speed and all that so if it knows you're going slower than you should be on a road it takes that into consideration and if enough people do it you get these little red roads which are fender bender in the right lane yeah is so, that awesome i don't know it's it's cool technology i i, I like it yeah 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 so the difference between this Go ahead, Larry. I'm sorry. We get we get color coded maps like that on of the freeways, but we don't get in things like uh, Copyhead and stuff like that. And I don't know how how good the real timeness of them, how you know how currently they're updated either. So this compared to Google Now, it seems more like Waze is a little more user driven. Well, in like Google Now and Google Maps, it's it's really not. A, a real-time interaction thing. You're not giving it information and receiving information from the masses. You know, it's really just give me a destination. Here's how to get there. If I know some traffic info, I'll tell you that. But for the most part, I'm not saying there's a cop up here. There's a, a car accident over here. And Waze is taking advantage of the the human signal and its algorithms figuring out traffic, which is yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, Matt, but when I drive to the office. You know, there's some days uh, as I'm going along, I get that ding from Google now in my head, in my ear. and um, In my head, I hear I t- it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I tap the screen, <laughs> and it's because it's warning me, okay, your traffic is about to be really crappy right now on your typical route to Right, work, so if Google know. now would do that for cops and speed traps and everything else that Waze can notify you of, I think they would be able to. It, right now, it's a different use case. Really, uh-huh. so Waze is something I leave on all the time. Google Maps is something I go to when I need direction somewhere real quick. So okay. we should say joining us late as usual, Chris Miller. What's up, Chris? <laughs> hey, brought you get a, a friend. Two for one special today. I don't want to hear your mouth. Excellent, hey, Chris. <laughs> also, Kathy Brown, who is also the co-host of BlackBerry Today. Hello, hey, Kathy Brown. Hey, Kathy. So we are, uh, you, you should have told us we would have tried to find at least something relevant about BlackBerry in the news. No, this is dude, this is like Hollywood Squares in the old days. You get two people in one square. Two in one square. Circle gets the square. Anthony? Canada.com uh, has a – OCanada.com has an article about BlackBerry. Okay. Talking about how BlackBerry <laughs> not awesome. as secure as believed. Nimble warns federal workers about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I heard about the security stuff. Well, yeah, that and we did a show yesterday all about actual, uh, all the porting of the Android apps over to BlackBerry 10 instead of native development. Your video is actually in my queue, Chris. See, had you watched it ahead of time, you would have known these things. I know, we could have just honestly ripped off his whole thing, sat back and enjoyed our next Uh, hour. (laughs) Cool. 
how easy is it to recode? Well, that's uh, well. Is it our turn already? I don't want to. You know, I know. Sure, we're, we're done with Waze. Were we done with Waze? Any, anything else on Waze? Mobile social driving. We talked automated. about Waze. We, we did Waze. Yeah, we talked about Waze. Do they have a BlackBerry app? Yes, they do. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. not very cool. Well, it depends on the device you're running, but they do have a BlackBerry app that's in their beta. If anyone, if you go to Waze on their mobile site from any client, it automatically directs you to the right one. They do have a BlackBerry app. Hmm. Oh damn. Uh, don't run it on the torch too, or the storm. No, no, no touchscreen devices. Yeah. Well, all touchscreen. It does well if it has a mouse menu that you can right. use, but a total touchscreen. Yeah, you're screwed. So. Well, that's but, cool. Uh, yeah, we so, talked about ways yesterday. So we they're getting ways. signals from all of the mobile platforms, then making their their uh, signaling better. They're making for... their stuff better. Yeah, we just used ways actually today. Going to an event, a social media event downtown. Mm-hmm. We used ways to get down there today. Do you like its nav? I always go to G Maps for nav, but other than that, I leave Waze on for like driving. It's the same, same thing. It showed the exact same minutes, the exact same traffic. Um, it yeah, showed, if, go if ahead. If I'm not mistaken, Waze is pulling its navigation from Google. It'll search Google, Bing, and a few other things. But I've up here in rural Montana, uh, some of the stuff it like won't find, and then G Maps will pull it up. So I, I don't know. Well, it also adds in its own real-time database, Mike. So it get, you get a little bit of both. You get what's pulled from Google, but it also uses the velocity of current Waze users if you have enough in an area. To yeah, build. we've yeah. we we covered that, and that I mean that's where it's really adding value. Right. Right. I I don't need another app to do what Google Navigation does. Google Navigation is very cool, but well, it lacks the real-time um, signal uh, crowdsourcing information of Waze. Right, because it's using what they're pulling from the local traffic cameras on the states and stuff. Yeah. That's one of the downfalls. Okay. So, yeah, we, go ahead. So, yeah, so he was asking, Anthony was asking about the porting of applications of right. Androids. Right. Uh, so, the, well, one of the, well, one of the things that Paul covered on the um, episode was that his fear is that it's like, um, you know, fishing for somebody rather than teaching them to fish kind of thing. So they'll, they'll port the apps and nobody will want to develop straight for BlackBerry. And they're porting the apps and then just leaving them. Which right? hurts they're everybody. Them, they're not doing anything with them. And that hurts everybody. It and dumping it. Right. Overall, because then the app experience is awful. So that hurts the platform and the users. Exactly, exactly, because you're getting like a limited version of the app. Exactly. So how do they make it in their best interest to develop for the platform specifically, or is this the answer that you have? No. Well, no, so that's one of the things I asked about, if they've upgraded the development um, kit, you know, everything that's available to developers. Have they improved that? Paul said they had. I, I haven't looked at it myself, but um, that that's improved o- over time as well, which that's important because, you know, people complain, oh, well, if we're developing for a platform three years old or whatever, then that's no good. So as long as they're upgrading that, and then he was saying that, you know, we should they should cut off the porting, right? So let, let people port through, like, 2014 or something like that and then cut off and not let people port anymore. And one of the other parts that uh, are more valuable is BlackBerry developers make more money than yeah. large. Well, unless you're a large scale iOS developer, BlackBerry developers actually make more money than they do. And highlighting that as a better alternative is something they haven't been doing. Well, and it should be in the developer's best interest to cover all the major platforms. I don't know if they can really consider just the enterprise major, but they are paying for more apps because they are enterprise. So. They're not going to jailbreak it and rip off the app like, you know, certain other users might. Remember, your enterprise now has the new separation, so the enterprise will be able to let you install certain apps that are paid for, where they couldn't do that before. It was either all or nothing. All right. We'll be quiet now. Good stuff. (laughs) I just want to know why Anthony Anthony has that real tiny video. Anthony, what camera are you using over there? Hey, my camera is this. It's a six series, I believe. Hey, not, C6 not Ant. He said not Anthony. Ant. Did Anthony. he? Anthony. Anthony. Oh, he's on he a said phone. Anthony. Ah, he's on his phone. Okay, I was curious. I didn't say Ant Pruitt. I know what you're using over there. You're using well, a Miller Light can to hold up your camera. I'm talking about. <laughs> is that no, an not Armatron? Tonight. <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're Hate done for him. a minute. Go ahead. Okay, so, uh, well, did you want to talk about anything else BlackBerry-related since we're doing that? Was that it? 
Is that, I, I feel like one BlackBerry fanboy thing per episode is our quota. Hey, I have a I have a question for Kathy or or Chris. Why are the BlackBerry developers making more on average than for other platforms? That's a good question. One of the things we talked about is the BlackBerry apps often cost more, right? So you don't see so much the ninety nine cent iOS type of apps. Um, did you have? Yeah, a theory? You, well, yeah, 99 cent is, is not as big uh, on there. You're going to find very few that are that cheap. I think BlackBerry's percentage is also different, and that's one thing we couldn't answer last night, is mm-hmm. their percentage is different than what Apple is taking that 30% off the top. Yeah. Uh, I think BlackBerry World's taking a little bit less, but they're charging 4 or $5, $6 for an application, so they're generating revenue. And, and I'll say, that, and this is one of the points I brought up, and you may agree, is the more limited number of apps uh, doesn't dilute the economy on side yeah. of it. Meaning, uh, I don't have 65 different Twitter apps to choose from and pay two bucks for. I have right. three, and I pay three ninety nine. So you're right. saying? I, mean, I think we were doing a comparison, which is an unfortunate thing for BlackBerry. But so there's, you know, like three weather apps, which is great if I'm one of the three weather app developers. <laughs> it's bad for a user of BlackBerry, but it's great if I'm the developer because I'm going to get a lot. So more you're money. saying a ninety nine cent fart app on Android would cost six bucks on BlackBerry. No, I would say you just fart yourself and just don't buy it. But there's only three of them <laughs> rather than like 999 of them. So that, that makes sense. Interesting. So they're not watering it down. Right. You only get the good stuff. Only the good fart apps, yeah. Only the good fart apps make it onto BlackBerry. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, uh, last couple episodes, we were talking about House of Cards and what Netflix w- has been doing with their own in-house studio, and a couple of us mentioned that, you know, this has really gotten popular to the point where if we're CBS or HBO or something, we're thinking either, oh, shit, or how do we get in on that quickly? Uh, there's an, uh, an article on The Verge about CBS kind of talking about considering wanting to produce original content for these streaming services. And I was I was reading through some of the comments on Google Plus. There was a discussion about this, and people were saying like, it, other than the licensing, I mean, is that the only reason they're not just they have all this content already? Why aren't they? If they want to get into this game so bad, why don't they just make the deal, throw it up there instead of why are they looking to produce new content from this point forward? Or is that in the in the deals? They may have a contract problems with the stuff that's already done so it's all strictly content describing no yeah. yeah i mean they may who knows does any do any of you guys know the kind of deals they have with the cable companies i'm sure it's a lot of blood and firstborn and <laughs> sacrificial whatnot i don't i don't know the deal the deal information on it but you would think that they still have most of the power you know because most of the time they're trying to pitch to um different companies for ads and stuff too, right? Well, and they're saying that syndication is a $3 billion business for CBS globally. So if they were to piss off any one of three major players in that game, would that totally hurt them there? I don't know. I don't know about that. But my guess here is that uh, CBS and the other major players are trying to figure out what the business model looks like in the future. And maybe they're doing, maybe they're considering this as a way of dipping their toe into a different new media kind of world. Uh, If so, my hat's off to CBS. I think they need to adapt or die. They're kind of, Uh, because I think the broadcast television over cable model is is uh, is not long for this world. Well, and check this out. Is it isn't more like? Wouldn't you go with someone that's already doing this? That is already on all of the mobile platforms. That is already in front of all of these eyeballs. Why wouldn't you partner with them rather than try to build this yourself? Like it's already been built. That this seems like a no brainer. Why would you want to try and do this yourself when you could just? That, Matt, that's too smart. Well. Somebody get that guy on the phone and we'll tell him, here's the answer to all of your woes. You mean you're you're asking why they don't just take the content they've got now and, and stream it? 
or let Netflix have it or something? Yeah, they have the content. There is a legit delivery system that does this already. Like, it seems stupid that they wouldn't just partner if they wanted to get into that deal. There was an interesting quote about someone saying they want to become them before, like, HBO becomes Netflix or whatever. I I forget how. That's a Netflix quote. Right, right. The chief content officer, which is a cool title, that Netflix says they're trying to become uh, HBO before and before HBO, HBO can become Netflix. Netflix. Right, right. So the, he's saying what Mike's saying, it's going to end up on the internet. And the question is, uh, will they be able to produce stuff faster than HBO can get their self over to the internet? Um, but my guess is HBO has contractual problems that, uh, I mean, they, you know, they've got HBO go now, but you have to right. be an HBO, straight HBO subscriber before you can do HBO go. Right. Um, yeah, it's pointless if you don't have if Netflix you don't have the cord. It's pointless. Is, un- is unfettered. You know the the nighttime traffic stats. I saw them today. Netflix is just killing those. You know HBO Go and Hulu and all those guys put together add up to about ten uh, percent of Netflix. Really Netflix dominates that world. Yeah, I'll, I'll post the stats. I was going to do a post on it. Uh, I haven't gotten around. Have you guys ever gotten the messages from Netflix that says like your provider in your area is in like the top five for speed and efficiency in providing you Netflix? Like I just got one of those the other day. It was like your cable provider scored really highly in in this service thing that they're measuring. Which I don't know. I thought that I was kind of cool. I don't normally accept but... emails from China. <laughs> from Netflix? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I've never seen anything like that. Really? Maybe it was. A, it didn't like ask me to click on anything or anything. It was just like, we're just letting you know, like you live in a spot where there's good internet and Netflix is mm. fast there. So props to your cable provider. Dude, there's only three of you consuming bandwidth in your area. Matt. That is true. <laughs> that is that is a good point. So let me ask, is the question why they're not trying to, why they're rolling their own instead of going with Netflix and Hulu? Is that one of the questions? That's half of the other question, yes. Well, well, the easy part is is they want not only to retain, not partner with somebody else at first, but to retain the ad money and sponsorship money that they get direct that Netflix would then own. So picture that CBS rolls theirs and still sells ads on regular TV. Well, why are they still keeping that model then? It's not that model anymore. Go subscribe. Like, why are you even trying to get ads on Netflix? Do you? I don't want ads on my Netflix. Like, stop it. Just Hulu still runs ads. I don't use Hulu. Service. That's BS. Yeah, which is why, which is why I don't have Hulu Plus. Yeah, it's what's totally up now, Hulu? But and Hulu isn't about running ad-free content. Hulu is about running more content than you can get on their limited free service. So it's a freemium model, right? You can go for free, watch some ads, so they make money still, or. You can pay for a longer catalog of material. You're still going to have ads because they're still going to monetize that way. I can't see CBS wanting to partner with anybody first unless they also had a service that they could sell ads on. I know if CBS were to give me a package for $9 a month, I'd take it. Just for CBS shows? shows? They probably want to bulk up their infrastructure. Like you were saying, uh, they have an old model now. They'll probably be bought a company that was already doing that very well and hired them and told them, look, here's all our content. Make it cool and internet ready. That probably will help them out, like Lip TV or something like that. That's like good but under the radar. Mm-hmm. Buy that whole team and then let them cater to the you know fix their content. Some new blood, basically. Yeah, there's. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people out there yeah, doing it. Absolutely. Ask Mike. I mean, what kind of infrastructure do you think they would need for something like that? From edge servers to cache servers to the streaming to the bandwidth to it's in a massive uh, amount of investment that they put in there to make that happen. That's why it almost yeah, well, makes that's it. That's the future. It is, but that's why they should go with the, somebody that's already doing it, I think. Yeah. Will never happen. Well, I mean, yeah, most of these companies are really greedy. They don't want to release anything you know, without putting their stamp on it. So, I mean, if they see it, it uh, being an investment, they would weigh the pros and cons, and they might just want to do it themselves, like um, Sony and Crackle. Sony's kind of doing something like that. They have their own movies and content, and, you know, they're not making lots of money, but they're doing their own little thing, so it's possible. And then Crackle using YouTube for the bandwidth and stuff handles, I mean, that's it's a good idea, definitely. I just... Ghostbusters, the original on Crackle. I, I'm, I'm cheering CBS on. I'd like to see him succeed at this, because I think if they do succeed, 
it's it's a signal that the model is shifting. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign to see any one of these major companies get in on it, definitely. Yeah, somebody flinched finally. Yeah, exactly, right? And, I mean, to kind of shift gears, you posted something about Spotify adding some stuff. And, I mean, this whole music thing, streaming service, is kind of the other side of this. I mean, you have the RIAA, the MPAA, you have all of these streaming movie services, and now you're seeing it's... Do you use... from some of the stuff I've seen with Spotify, it, it's they're they're in a little bit of trouble too because of the because of the model of um, these musicians are starting to do more of the vinyl thing and people are wanting to dig a little more into it and get a little more bang for their buck instead of the ten dollars a month. Um, I mean, granted, I'm one of the few people that actually you know I maximize that ten dollars a month. I listen to Spotify all day, but they've added another social tab here. Um, I actually got it online today. And uh, at first when you got, when you got Spotify, they gave you the option to sign in with your Facebook account instead of creating a a Spotify account, which allowed them to, you know, show you listening to this track and that track to your Facebook wall. Some people dug that, some people didn't. And, you know, but now they want you, they're spinning off and not totally leaning on the, the book of business with Facebook and sort of going out on their own. I just wondered how important is that to the masses? Me, it's, I'm not going to say it's important, but I use it. I share my music all the time because I have subscribers on my playlist and the folks on Google plus and Twitter, they're, they're interested. They're curious. Are you going to stop listening to music if you can't share it with people though? Negative. Okay. Now, what happens to a Spotify or an AUG or anything like ROG or whatever when Google goes streaming music? There was some rumblings about that maybe going to happen. Yeah, I heard Did about that. Just that crush. Too. Well, um, that depends. Does Google get the same library that Spotify has? Google takes all of the music that all of us have been uploading to it and it streams that. <laughs> If they have the same type of library, yeah, they'll probably take over. They already got a foothold with the Android folks anyway, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe they just buy it and add to the library. When Spotify added that radio feature, I think it was sometime last year, it was it was a big difference for me because at one time it was more so on me just grabbing stuff that I wanted to hear. I'd put a query in for it and bam, it was there. You know, any of the old obscure stuff that popped in my mind. And when they added the radio feature, it allowed me to do a little more discovery. And then it started tailoring to my likes and so forth, just like, you know, like a Pandora does or whatnot. And while it's doing that, I'm able to add that to my own playlist and keep them in, you know, a little much better discovery nowadays anyway. Dude, but I just didn't know how it mattered to folks far as, you know, sharing it, because that was the big thing with that story today. It always seemed like the, it, nobody was really into that because music is something really personal. And if you don't like what I like, then F off, you know, like people don't <laughs> don't expose me to something because it's probably going to be crap. People are very <laughs> closed minded when it comes music and religion. People are very closed minded about their. I can I can agree with that. Hey, Ant, I have to chime in. I positively love Spotify. I have I probably have it running with background music four or five hours a day between my work and at home and even on my um, Android uh, smartphone. Yeah, all day long. It is a cool, cool service. Love it. Go to the gym, I'm playing Spotify. You know, sitting here at the desk writing an article, I'm playing Spotify. Love it. You know, I, I think that Billboard, the guys that track music popularity, are now tracking internet music. Is that not? Weren't they tracking like me? YouTube or something? And that it's stupid, well. and, stupid yeah. meme made it like to the top of the. I mean, that's yeah. cool for an internet meme to do something like that. I just wish it wasn't that particular meme. Guess you can't be picky <laughs> with your memes, though. If the internet I don't understand quite how you compare it. Though, well, you. That. That begs the question, Larry, is so are they able to see you as the Nielsen's and the other ones, are they able to see your private subscription list and what you stream and listen to and count that? Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't Nielsen just sample individual users? I I think that's how they do TV. So maybe they're sampling individual people that are, uh, you know, streaming on uh, 
you know, individual cord cutters. Well, think I about that. I have no idea how they do it. So what they and use I also now, don't know how they how they compare it. Some some of the stuff's apples and oranges too. I, I'm not. I don't know any details. But they both announced this week that they're going to start um, keeping track of internet traffic. Well, not only internet traffic, I'm saying, but they have to have some utility that would see all the services. They'd have to see Spotify. They'd have to see Google Music. They would have to see your private collection to know really what you're streaming in terms of content. So did they say that with a smile on there? Isn't what they do with the TVs, they pick families and instrument just those families? Isn't it a sampling kind of a deal? Well, it's a constant box that runs connected between, yeah, it runs between your your box and what you have on the TV. So if someone leaves and leaves a channel on all day, it sees that as they've been watching NBC all day. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if Mike stream, if Mike's a Spotify, you know, he's a Spotify family or something and he's, you know, his computer is streaming Spotify and he's uh, out in the backyard. That's going to be, it's imperfect, but I think that how they work. The, it's not like they try to monitor all traffic. I think it's just, they sample specific people that somehow get chosen. Uh, Right, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. Cause no, I'm, you're right, and you could apply, but you're right. But I'm saying, how will they hook into the music streams that are private, not just YouTube, but if I subscribe to Spotify, that means I'd have to run some sort of app or client on my device that then sees that music stream, and I, I don't would, see that happening. Um, a lot of track okay, I, do. All I, can t- I, I can't speak for them how they're doing it, but no, I, 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 I would think they would do that, though. They would install something on your machine that keeps track of... Uh, where you are well you know what you you brought this up and interesting that you brought this up Ken, you can tell them what this says you don't have to hand it to me she's well, kathy found some stats now you lost it okay <laughs> backspace i looked just looked at nielsen uh music i just mm-hmm. looked and it says that uh master ringtones is the source nielsen ring scan 20 to 30 seconds of the originally recorded song and are tracked separately from polyphonic ringtones, which are digital replications of songs. So they track a little bit of everything somehow from different sources, like you were saying, Larry. They that sounds like malware. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just like the way she read All it. All I know that is Harlem Shake is the top. That's what I was saying. Like I was upset that it was that meme that made it and not something else, I guess. That's for I a would, ringtone. I would That's have rather ring- had Keyboard Cat be the one in the top <laughs> 10 billboard than this crap. It ringtone. Yeah. But it's like a ring shake. And right. you know, there's a million Harlem shakes. I don't know what. How so does it count a play out. every time someone gets a phone call? That's kind of cheating, isn't it? No, this is saying no. Harlem that... Shake was in the top ten singles. Yeah, but there was ringtones, but that was in the top from YouTube or ones that people so, uh, Even there, there's there's aren't there many 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 Harlem shakes? Yeah, yeah that's why. Saying... Yeah. Now, they're saying it's from the master ringtone site. Ones that are downloaded um, are the ones that are counting. Oh. I thought that was the one from when they were counting the YouTube views. Yeah, no, that sucks. So uh, right now, Ant's phone. I hear Harlem Shake. Ant's phone must be ringing. Oh, you're just so wrong, cuz. No, I hear that. (laughs) The funny thing is, in the podcast, people will hear that, and they'll be like, no way. (laughs) No, 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 no. Do you hear that? Please don't do me like that. Please don't do me like that. Do you hear that? That must be Ant's phone again. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to hate this. I mean, I'm already not on Facebook, and you threatened me with Facebook accounts. <laughs> don't, don't do me. There's like, this like with the eight Ant Pruitts on Facebook. Now. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know what Ant sounds like. It was, uh, where is that thing? We, we have. No. <laughs> oh, that's more like it. Yes. I think I'm going to put up a fake Aunt Pruitt Facebook No, page. please don't. <laughs> I encourage all of our listeners to each put up their very own fake Aunt Pruitt Facebook page. I'm on it. Awesome. If you do that, that will be the next internet meme. How about that? <laughs> if it, we need to make a video with music and a ringtone just so it beats the Harlem Shake. Oh gosh, scary thought. All right, what, uh, else is on, what else on the list? And you you mentioned uh, what was it, a couple episodes ago about the leap controller. So we finally have a release date for this thing, or what? Yeah, it's going to come out in May to the folks that have pre-ordered it. Um, but then about a week or so later, it's going to hit Best Buy, and it's going to be for seventy nine or seventy nine ninety nine, I believe. And 
I think it's a pretty neat idea. I don't know how functional it's going to be for everybody, but it's basically taking a sensor bar about like your connect. Um, I don't know if you guys remember remember us talking about it before, but it's about a, I want to say it was about a four to five inch um, device and it sat in front of your monitor and you could point and gesture at it and whatnot, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, to manipulate what goes on on your screen, scrolling and tapping on things and whatnot just by gesturing in the air towards this device. And they had a video on there that looked really, really neat. It seems like it tracks really well. It had someone playing that game, Cut the Rope and, and or Fruit Ninja or whatever all that is, and it lets you do doodling on the screen, and it's seems pretty precise on its tracking. But, again, I don't know how functional it will be for everybody. I could see, you know, maybe uh, people that do – photography edit and getting more into it but is this the first step towards the minority report ui yeah it's just that one device it's just that one device it's like i said it's only about maybe four to five inches in length and it sits right in front of your monitor it's called leap leap controller leap Uh, controller they got Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound like fun You hadn't seen that, Chris? Leap controller? Yeah. Well, here, we'll stick a note, the uh, link in the chat there. Hold on. Even, here even it is. We found, there's from... a video for it Yeah. Um, out on YouTube. Yeah, found yeah. it right here. 17,000 views, four minutes long, though. Uh, Leap Motion. Oh, here it is by Leap Motion. It's a uh, minute long. Do you want to play? Do you want to put the video in? Sure, go for it. Do we have the technology? <laughs> Then again, it's going to mute everybody if he does put it up there. So maybe not. Well, that's fine. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at yeahanothertechshow.com. Yeah, yeah. You guys can check it out. The picture looks yeah. pretty cool if pictures yeah, are anything. It's playing now. On. Yeah, we won't be able to see it because it's going to mute us. But I, I like the idea of it in a, you know, to a certain degree. Um, I, I just don't know how <clears throat> mainstream this thing can go, though. You know, And then at $80, you know, I guess that's why it's $80, too. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you don't know how well it's going to perform until you've had your hands on it. So I want right. one of these for my cell phone so I can just you set know, it there and then, like, control it. Well, fortunately, they're going to have it in Best Buy so, you know, we can actually get in there and go get our hands on it and just tell the Geek Squad folks to get out of the way, let us do our thing, we don't need their help, and that's right. do We're your yats. gestures at it, you know. We need Yats well, badges. Or wave your arms around at Best Buy. <laughs> I just flash my Yats badge. and Look I'm at like, that crazy guy over there. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's pretty neat, though. It looks yeah. gimmicky. I hope it's cool, though, because that'll... Well, I mean, is this going to suffer the same demise? For $89 or $70 or something, it's not going to work very well. Is this going to suffer the same demise as the Xbox Connect? I mean, are, how many people are still playing their Connect? My kids. Okay, two people. Well, now you say play in the Connect. Do you mean using the voice commands, or do you mean playing games on it? Doing your games, your exercises, doing your kung fu with it every morning, (laughs) and your tai chi and all that. I I would say there's there's a limited amount that are playing all the time on it, but I think once you master the voice commands, Mm -hmm. you don't touch the remote anymore. If you're streaming or doing anything on there, it's it's pause, stop, next episode, go back. It's it's all voice commands, and once it learns it, it's really good. Yeah, not, but that's far as a media streaming device, you know. But I mean, far as your gameplay, like it, it's people you've are already, people still doing it. Now, Ant, you've already discussed you have a cushion with your butt imprint in it, and we know you're not using the Connect for gameplay at this point. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> From the waist up. But my up. kids, they don't, they don't even use it. My kids have the Connect, and they barely play that thing now. It just sort of fizzled out, you know. Right. You tell them, though, if, if you're like, I'm going to take this to the pawn shop, then they start crying and they play with it again. But only for like you a know, day. And you then... don't know them Pruitt boys. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, go ahead. What can we get next? Like, Dad, we already <laughs> took it. What are you talking about? That's that's a piece of wood we colored black. <laughs> like, that's, there's no connect there anymore. Chris, are, are you kind of saying you've replaced your remote with, with voice commands? Is it is it really that good? Anything that runs through the Xbox, uh, Netflix, Hulu Plus, uh, what else? Uh, the HBO Go app, all of it. I, don't pick up the remote. Don't pick up the Xbox controller. Turn the battery power off on it and just use voice commands for that. Now, let me ask you. Have a, unless you have a British accent. 
If you have a British accent, you have to talk very low and yell at the TV. <laughs> My friends couldn't use it. They I was so going to say, awesome. Chris, you don't have a British accent. How would you know you that? You have a racist yeah. TV. Friends of ours, they tried to use it. It was hilarious. She kept, she, Xbox, pause. And, you know. I said I want to watch Big Brother. What? Yeah, it didn't she work. had to use her American accent. Oh, man. Oh, God. It didn't work at all. But needless to so say, awesome. yes, we turn off the Xbox controller and use voice commands for most all streaming materials. Yeah. Do you think about it? It's a really uh, quite a limited vocabulary. They should be able to do voice recognition really well for uh, that. What words do you need? But stop, pause, play. Yeah, stop, pause, play. Next episode, previous episode, go back. I mean, there's not a lot you need to know. You know, when you know, in some iteration of Google TV soon coming soon, the voice commands are going to be part of the. Didn't Samsung have something like that at CES? Or am I remembering making that up? My Hisense Pulse is supposed to get an update that includes voice control similar to what's going on with Google now. The remote has a microphone on it right now, but it's not active yet. But when it is, how cool is that going to be when you can just be like, Google, change this. Find me something better to watch. (laughs) Google, this is crap. Thumbs down. Next. I'm I'm looking forward to it, considering it's already learned my viewing patterns, whether it's on Netflix or whether it's on the um, primetime app. It's learned my viewing You just patterns. sit down, and it's like I've prearranged your playlist of what I thought you would like. Will it have that and same it voice? straps you into the I'll chair like robot just, chicken. You know, go to the next, you know, change channels, man. Well, we're, we're jumping, you're jumping ahead. Think about it. TiVo had that, right? It would learn your preference of recordings and then su- suggest recordings that it should do for you and do and record it. Fill up your hard drive with stuff it thought you should watch. TiVo yeah. did that years ago. TiVo well, for the win. Guys, everybody, Netflix, Amazon, everybody's giving you suggestions and uh, kind of playing that game. I got to give Netflix props, though. They, they figured me out. I mean... It's so much stuff. I've had all of this free time on my hands, and it's, it's been a lot of documentaries that I never would have thought about showing up in my queue, and, and, and I've loved every single one of them. And do you share the, your account with anybody else, though? Uh, yes, I do, and I know they're not watching that stuff. <laughs> doesn't that, the thing is, it, it doesn't – like my wife uses Netflix a lot, mm-hmm. and, but uh, – Half of the time, it's it's looking at little kitty cartoons with the right. Kids. The only the only yeah, discrepancy I see, uh, yeah, the only discrepancy I see is is Danny Phantom and SpongeBob showing up. Yeah, but, oh we know where <laughs> that comes from. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my playlist. That's, You're at my house. Yeah, that's that's, that's Ant screwing up his kids' playlist. <laughs> you guys need more SpongeBob, damn it! SpongeBob yeah. rocks. Yeah, I can have that crap. You what else you got for us, Matt? Yeah, he's done with us. Are we are we good on on this? I think we're good. All right, let me ask you guys a question. If you spent eighteen months in a little capsule, what would you bring to watch with you? Would you just like load it up with Nurse Jackie and go crazy, or like what would you? I would bring every episode of Yats. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that. Listen to that. Uh, and once I got up there, straight face. I would shoot no. it into the sun where it belongs. Uh, I found, I found another. I found Archer. another. What? Archer. Archer. Mm, that's a good choice. Hmm. I was. I was thinking all twelve ounce mouse, and pretty much just perfect hair forever. Like every random weird adult swim show I've ever loved. Metalocalypse, all that stuff. And I would just watch nonstop until I got to Mars. And then back. <laughs> That's what this is for, for your trip to Mars. <laughs> yeah, well, I found another... There's another guy. His name's Dennis Tito. He's like just this millionaire space tourist. He's He paid a while ago to go up to the space station. It was like $20 million back in 2001. So he wants to... <laughs> He wants to not, like, send people to Mars and, like, land there like the Mars One thing we talked about wants to do, like the one-way trip. He wants to launch you over Mars and then, like, bring you back. So you can see it and then, like, you have to come back. But you don't get to get out or anything. (laughs) So, like, you're going 818 million miles in 18 months. And you'll be about 
60, you'll spend 10 hours within 60,000 miles from Mars. So you're coming like that, that asteroid came by Earth. You're, you're just right in its helios there. Would you do that? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I want to go there, but I want to get out. Like, if I spent all this time going there with this other person, like, I, I want to get out. That's like saying you flew over the Hoover Dam. I know. Yeah. That's like saying I've been to every state you've actually just flown over. That doesn't count. You have to get out and meet the people. Honestly, I don't want to get out until I get more images of that place that doesn't look like a freaking desert. I want to get out and drive that damn rover around. Yeah, let's see that happen, too. An autograph. You've got it. three of them in your front yard out there, Matt. Those I know. They're all rusty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. One of those actually fell from space, funny enough. Into your front yard? Yeah, yeah. well, into the <laughs> front yard where, yeah, into my Perfectly landed right there and rusted. <laughs> and has never been moved since. There, on YouTube, there, to, to slightly change that, there's a, there's a really neat video of a, a lady in the space, an astronaut in the space station, takes you on a tour of the space station. Have any of you guys seen that? I haven't seen that, but I like stuff like that. It's cool. I'll send you a link to it. Is it like Street View, or is it like a real good? No, tour? no, no. It's it's just she's. It's like a guided is it a photo hey, the space station. Here's where we eat, and here's where we do experiments. Well, that's and cool. She's floating around with her hair all askew at the whole time. The cynics, the cynics in us right now are going, "Yeah, right." She's in a space station. Yeah, she's right. down there. And... <laughs> yeah. She... Oh my God! You have no gravity, Chris. What happened to your gravity? <laughs> my hair just does this every day. <laughs> right space station sure that's where she is they're hanging her upside down and just rolling yeah. her down a hallway yeah, right. the whole upside down. <laughs> in this upside down set we've seen this hanging. before with the moon landing we know you're every tricks, so often NASA. someone just like squirts water at her like it's just floating through this yeah it's, i can't believe you sure space station. so yeah. so the guy wants to like sell the media rights to this thing you're just gonna go see this like reality show happen where you put two people in a capsule launch them to mars and then bring them back and then you're gonna sell the rights to like red bull or they say in the article perhaps cool ranch doritos <laughs> who knows <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, that's so awesome he needs to pay for his trip to the space station somehow i mean come on 20 mil that ain't easy to come by these days and five years away is not that far so away check it either, out the, the people they sending this couple like they were uh they were one of the couples that two decades ago they spent time in the biosphere you guys saw that movie Biodome? There's actually yeah. a real one of these. It's like in Arizona or something. Yeah. Uh, and they, they live there as part of a simulated space colony. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. A trip to Mars, you can come back with two kids. Yeah, right? Or just like a, an empty capsule and the alien. Definitely count me out. I would go just for something to do, I guess. I'm bored. All right. Uh, well, anything else you guys want to mention? Uh, Larry, you had an interesting piece about the Coursera stuff again, just oh, yeah. getting yeah. in some different Coursera, languages. they, they uh, did an announcement this week. They've added uh, 29 new, new universities, so they're up to, I forget, 60-some. Um, that thing is spreading all over the place. MOOCs. 62 grand total. 62 universities, but the thing that's cool, is the, the biggest thing, they added 29, so they almost doubled their uh, Man, wow. And they, um, but the other thing is that now they're, they've got all courses in other languages besides English. So I, I guess my question is, is, is this a, um, a, a, a form of, promotion of higher education or does it wind up diluting diminishing the traditional higher education market you want to 64 dollar question i'm mean, it's i mean it it's conceivably something parallel and a flash in the pan but i think it's a, got a real good chance to totally disrupt things like at davos you know that uh, conference yeah. of super rich people that meets in that uh, they had a um, last time they did it was about a month ago. They had a panel devoted to the impact of these massive courses on universities, and there are predictions coming out of that, like uh, uh, you know, from university presidents saying, "Hey, in ten years, there are only going to be ten universities left," and things like that. Some people think it's going to be. I I wonder. I don't have it figured out, or I tell you, um, but I think it's. Uh, 
Yeah, it's a really compelling model. And they're, we're just starting to learn how to do it. Yeah. Uh, the first ones are crappy, but uh, I have a lot of ideas how to improve them. I have proposals that. Um, I think, you know, it, it, they're going to get better. On the other hand, they don't, if, if you guys want to read something cool, I can give you, I'll put a post on this too. Um, a guy at Duke University who did a Coursera course, they've now issued a report sort of on what the experience was really like. And uh, it's, uh, what am I going to say, some 400 and some students out of 7,000 actually finished with a, you know, a, a high-level certificate. So it's not really thousands of students, but, uh, you know, maybe a thousand students or something. That, but that really shifts the economics of, of, of higher education. Well, and it would be disruptive until they had to start upping their game and say, okay, you can get the information here, but you come to the college to get this and this and this that you can't get online. So it kind of makes them give more for that expensive tuition they're charging, because if not, we're just going to go learn the info online network using our social networks and just do things that way and save yeah, eighty, hundred, fifty thousand dollars certification. Like there's an experiment going right now with um, with uh, San Jose State University in Coursera, where they're gonna uh, they, they pick three Coursera courses. They're gonna let the kids take them from Coursera and give them university credit if they you know if they uh, pass the courses. And the bottom line, money wise, it's gonna cost the kids a lot less tuition than had they taken the courses at San Jose State. So that's what you're talking about, figuring out the certification and how the society values the certifications. That's all up in the air right now. But uh, yeah, It's interesting it's to see. To it's see. good that, I mean, that, that industry is ripe for disruption. I mean. It is totally ripe for disruption. It's and, a good uh, thing. Yeah, it's interesting times now. Cool, cool. You guys uh, saw probably, of course, the the whole Russian meteor thing. I th I just wanted to mention there was some interesting technology in that this was the meteor that all of these sensors all over the Earth felt like the shock wave from the speed and it breaking the sound barrier. It was so great that it not only just wrecked these buildings there in that that town over in Russia, but all these seismometers or whatever they're called, uh, like registered the shock wave all around the globe. So I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was kind of interesting. They just keep coming out with more and more uh, news about that that meteor and, and people finding yeah, I, pieces of it and whatnot. That is cool. I'm, I'm just glad that we have a built-in defense meteor. I'm just glad. <laughs> I'm glad that stuff in Russia is so crappy people have to drive around with cameras rolling 24-7. <laughs> I'm glad for that. Thanks, Russia. Everybody had them over there. It's really there weird. Is. I never know what they like yet. Security. Uh, got to be secure. Got to take pictures of people riding in the cabs and protect yourself and security. So, Like CCTV for the taxi. Oh, okay. Okay. Similar to how they do the public school buses here. Really? They have cameras on there. Oh, and, but a half of them don't work. Then you never know which ones are on and which ones are off. Seriously, in our district, they only have half of them licensed, but they're installed in the buses. Oh, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's a bait. That's a, you know, to let the kids know, I'm watching you, even though it's not really on. It's, it's a little a, spooky. I didn't know things like that were going on. How do you think those videos show up on the net with uh, school bus attacks uh, on, you know, bus drivers and other students and everything mm -hmm. else? It's not just cell phones. It's actual video from those cameras yeah so it's a big box that sits right up on the um right at the front of the bus you can't miss it when you get on the bus right they've been they've had those since you know even back when i was in school not that i'm old or anything but you know <laughs> i saw an interesting article about glass about how you know there's there was these uh crimes getting solved because people were quick to pull out their cell phones. So if you're wearing this thing, like how, how does that put the pressure on society to behave better knowing that people that have, have this uh, equipment on are going to film you and the chances mm -hmm. of you getting caught are going to be greatly elevated. So you that, mind your P's and Q's more. That's embarrassing. You're wearing glass glasses and you're getting beat up. You see the fist coming. <laughs> It'd be like Mike Tyson's punch out, right? It's like body blow, body blow, uppercut. That's, That's awesome. going to disrupt the mugging industry, man. Yeah, I know it. 
but the prostitution industry will further thrive because of it also. So that's good. I guess. All right. Oh uh, let's wrap this thing up. Yet in the tech show.com. That's our site. Check it out. Chris Miller, where are you? Uh, spikestudio.com uh, or I do notes on every network there is. And I'm running Kathy on pretty much every network that you're on, right? Same name. The ones that are important. So our Blackberry Today, you can find us both as the host of Blackberry Today. Excellent. Larry Press. I'm on Google Plus and I've got some blogs, but I'm an amateur. Mike Rothman. You know, it's uh, Google Plus and uh, Dell's, deck pa- uh, Dell's Tech Page 1 and uh, Groovy Post. Awesome. And Anthony? AryanAndroid.com. Uh, AryanAndroid on Google Plus and AryanAndroid on Twitter. Good stuff. You guys can leave our show a message at 406-204-4687 and give us a rating in iTunes. We appreciate that. And uh, check out the Smartphone Photographer Hangout tomorrow night. Join that community on Google+, Plus, along with Yats and Attack of the Androids and Spiked and all the other guys' stuff. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.